to be continued, a fanboy podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch us on the various platforms such as iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and to be continued, a fanboypodcast.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. To be continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. We're back. Welcome to to be continued a fanboy podcast. Come for your fanboy path since you may not win anything if you but if you stick around you won't have some fun. Oh god. You <laughs> couldn't stick with the script. Get out of here. I told you. What did I say before we Just started? Just kidding. He knew we would have some fun. <laughs> what did I tell you? See we see we diva behavior. Diva uh, behavior. Alright. So Netflix uh, that was our, special. That was our <laughs> that was to be continued a fanboy podcast mascot, Clark King. This is to be continued a fanboy podcast. I am one of your hosts, Miguel Alejandro Velez. This is the way, and I am Edward Ng here at wonderful Pancake Studios. Uh, to our beloved host, uh, Jonathan Vergara. That's me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Welcome to the show. Uh, we are trying to get back into the groove of having more episodes and more content to put out. Uh, because I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, the world has uh, changed in many, 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 many ways. So, like, that's kept us a little bit uh, 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 delayed our endeavors a little bit. But we are back, and there's stuff to cover here in the world of fanboyism. Is that right, not? And we all wear masks. And we all wear masks. Gajaran. He's the Mandalorian. He's a Mandalorian. He's a Mandalorian. He's a Mandalorian. Soaring, flying, dropping out of the sky. This is the way, the way, the warrior. The way of the Mandalorian. He's the way, the way of the warrior. And are you, are you, are what? Are you gunning for my mother? Is that what you're doing? Your mother does not have. She hasn't. She hasn't cornered the market. She hasn't cornered the market on made up themes. Made up lyrics to songs for genre works that have no lyrics. One work, one piece under her belt, and it's brilliant, Ed. For anyone who doesn't know, my you mother said it wasn't. My mother came up with lyrics for uh, Quantum, Quantum Leap. Leap. And we won't go into them, but uh, so now Ed has now got it his own his his own lyrics to the Mandalorian. I have my own that I'm working on. Uh, that will be one of the subjects that we will be covering today. Uh, we will also be talking about uh, early uh, uh, some stuff in the news. So let us get right into that in the news. You are listening to In The News on TBC, a fanboy podcast. 
And there is a lot in the news. There's a there's a tons of stuff to cover. Uh, before we start, uh, before we start and get into our Mandalorian uh, review of the last uh, couple of episodes, we're going to hit uh, some of the news stories that are out and about right now. Uh, Stuff first, that just dropped recently, yes, yeah. fairly recently, um, and some events and things. So I want to start out with some, unfortunately, some 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 bad news. Um, very large within the fan community, in a way, um, but also a person somewhat unheralded, unsung. Uh, David Prowse, who, uh, was the physical presence of Darth Vader, uh, in the Star Wars trilogy, passed away. Uh, he has a very interesting career, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, go, dating back to, of course, his, uh, his, uh, bodybuilding, uh, career. That he then rolled into films uh, appearing in stuff like A Clockwork Orange, and then of course, uh, oh, he has a he has a apparently a very well regarded safety campaign uh, 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 that he was a part of that he was the face of that. In other words, like if you were a little kid in the UK during a certain period of time, you knew his face from the safety campaign. Safety campaign, uh, Mister Green Cross Man. Literally, that was he was like a superhero character. Oh, okay, like like Ruff Mc, like, like McGruff the Crime Dog or something like that. <laughs> what? Hey, where 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 do we send that stuff to for McGruff the Crime Dog again, John? Snuff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, six zero six five two. You happy? Ed Ed is dying. Ed is Ed is gonna. Ed, you know, it's not good. We can't send you to the hospital, Ed. There's COVID. We can't get you. We we we, we oh get this God, man a respirator. That made my day. Okay. Take a bite of the crime. So, getting back to the death of David Prowse. Okay. We uh, he of course then uh, gets his career uh, as Darth Vader. Uh, now, everyone, of course, we know that James Earl Jones did the did the voiceover work for it. But Prowse's physicality was, you know, a very big part. He was a big dude. He was an imposing figure. And he has a connection to another storied franchise in that uh, Prowse was also, in his uh, capacity as a, as a fitness expert, was the guy that Richard Donner sent Christopher Reeve to to get him into shape for Superman. Oh, okay. So Darth Vader was in the gym with Superman pumping iron. So and that, know, that was that was the deal, right? Like you know, growing up, there there are two things. Like okay, David Prowse, Darth Vader. As a kid, you go, I you know don't really know much about him. Uh, as I got older, I'm like, all right, he's an English man, um, and we've seen him in the the behind the scenes, the making mm -hmm. of, right? Where he does say the lines, but he's like, you know. I have you now. You know <laughs> well, you know, there's something about his accent that made me feel that he kind of sounds like the really agreeable guy who like owns the corner cafe, who kind of like who, like he's he's always he's always uh, he's always hawking his wife's biscuits and and asking to come in for a good cup of tea. And it's not you know there's nothing wrong with oh, that. Yes, please come in, come in, come yeah. In. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not Darth Vader, you know? What does that mean, hogging his wife's biscuit? <laughs> I feel like you know, it was code. You know, it was the 70s, man. 
It was 70s, all right? That's you know? Right, that's right. What does that mean? <laughs> so, my wife's biscuits. What? What? <laughs> so, so um, you know, uh, this is one of these things where, you know, he is, as we said, somewhat unheralded because he wasn't the face of it. And it wasn't like he had then this grand career in other projects or stuff. But at the same time. What was his last um, Time as appearance? Vader? Yeah. Because you're right. Because, of course, the other appearances of Vader post- uh, Jedi, he wasn't the person, obviously, when they uncovered the mask. That was another act- actor. Uh, and then you go into the fact that in Revenge of the Sith, that was Hayden Christensen in the suit, in the scenes mm, yeah, where yeah. we mm-hmm. see Vader. And I want to say, I don't know why, but I think Hayden Christensen also did the did the physicality, did, was on set for Rogue One. I don't think so. I want to say really? that that's how that was, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I yeah, could be wrong. Yeah. Um, I thought regardless, was... regardless, it had been a long time since he had obviously donned the cape and the helmet and had been Vader. Um, but it's not a bad thing. And of course, this is this is Star Wars. This is, you know, this is and a I huge know that cultural the, the, thing. The crew, uh, the original crew, they were kind of tight. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you work with a person again and again right? and again. It's like, you know, Hamill, he, Harrison Ford. You know, like, again, they, like, their connection... <clears throat> They weren't there for uh, James Earl Jones's ADR. They were there on set with right. David Prowse. So Just as how to him is yeah is, is based on that. While while you know we who are watching the movie we don't see Kenny Baker right. under the hood, you know, Same or Peter Mayhew. Yeah, exactly. Mayhew they fit into the that category, um, but no less a part of you know one of the, a cultural juggernaut and you know obviously one of the biggest sci-fi mm-hmm. franchises. And that that any that famous photo of him where he's just looking at you you know Darth Vader Lord of the Sith oh you're talking about the cards the, the cards the cards you know? yes that they had yes 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 this is you know he that you can't take anything away from the fact that this is you know he was a part of something that mm-hmm. was gigantic mm-hmm. and I mean there's not much more to say about that like I said because his career does not span other things but it, it's something you have to note um, another person that also passed away very recently in the last two days, right? Two, three days was this another was, person you wanted to you wanted yeah, to mention. Yeah, I wanted to mention this because, you know, it, being inspired um, by flying things, machines, um, science, science fiction, or something as simple as a rocket ship going to the moon, you know. Uh, Chuck Yeager died yesterday at the age of 97. Um, Chuck Yeager, for many of you, if you've been under rock... And have never seen the movie The Right Stuff. Uh, Ch- General Chuck Yeager, he retired. General broke was the first person to break the sound barrier, and in aviation, that is huge. It was a giant breakthrough. Giant that... breakthrough for aviation, for technology, for for and for a cultural thing because when it happened, it was during that period of it was the Cold War. It was the technological race mm-hmm. to the top. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a big part. It had become ingrained into the almost Americana of here is the square jawed, uh, perfect avatar of America. The you know the the smart but courageous, you know military man. Uh, this was emblematic of an age and has its cultural cachets because I think one of the biggest thing that we can say about uh, Chuck Yeager beyond just obviously, of course, his story inspiring so many people to mm-hmm. enter the fields of aeronautics and be a, or be a pilot or be an engineer. But on top of that, you have a 
cultural thing in which, as I said, there was this cachet to men like him, and that trickles down into comic books because there's no, there is zero doubt. There is a reason Hal Jordan is a test pilot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you look, know, right. like that was the whole thing. Chuck Yeager was one of those, uh, you know, a handful of guys, your, your Mercury 7 astronauts, those types. John Glenn. Exactly. Armstrong. They were, and Buzz. so you had this sort of like, and, you know, I would say Hal Jordan is the most emblematic version of that. There are tons. How, Ed, how many superheroes have ace pilot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as yeah, part yeah. of their background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you notice has phased out over the years. There are fewer and fewer of those type of characters. But at a time, and it was a time when it was the most um, fertile for, for these new characters well, to be created. Because Ace Pilot is an undaunting figure, a figure that is just fearless. That's the whole point of Hal Jordan. He's a man, he's one of these guys who just has control of fear and and is, is just on point with Will. Uh, again, Taking reality and being sort of fictional, not fictionalized, but portrayed. Right, um, yeah. The right stuff, by the way, it's, that comes from Tom Wolfe because he wrote the book, The Right Stuff, which turns into a movie, where you have these figures. And um, this, this comes from an old Sunday morning story that they covered, where these are the white knights, the, 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 the silver white knights of their time. Right, yeah. As a, that they were being portrayed as this sort of the all-American best mm-hmm. exemplars, if you will. And, you know, Jaeger and his achievements contributed greatly into that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why uh, characters as, from, as, as different as Ben Grimm. Um, Perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the challenges of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Characters who have this sort of ace, the warlord. Mm-hmm. It's all like, oh, uh, it's this sort of thing where it's like, okay, they're military. But then there is also, again, that space age, jet age, like... Oh, that they also have to have a certain scientific acumen. Mm-hmm. And that was perfect for the time and, and as a mix there. Um, and like I said, it's something that is a less, less, there seems to be more of an emphasis in fiction on characters if they have a military background to be special ops. But that said, or special yeah, if forces you haven't seen it, go, yes. go watch the right stuff. Sam, the great Sam Shepard um, portrays Chuck Yeager in this movie. And he's pretty much one of the central figures of this movie. Uh, one of Ed Harris's for um, uh, well that whole that movies. whole cast that we whole can go through the whole amazing. cast Scott Glenn the rest yeah um, but yes <laughs> and so you know this is uh, someone who gave a lot of inspiration to a lot of uh, genre material so um, it felt fitting to include him so a moment of silence for the loss of David Prowse and the loss of General Chuck Yeager. All right. Uh, Did you already? Right? Now we were going to go back. Well, no, we're that. I know. Save that for I later. Know. He's so he's so amped. Uh, I'm trying to sell it. I'm trying to sell. We're going to get uh, into some of the other news that has come today, and we will do that right after these words from friends. <sighs> oh, what's the matter, Miguel? Uh, I feel fat, Ed. I feel the same way too. Oh, you too, John. You guys, you both you guys need to get in shape. And a way to go about this is by going with JP Total Fitness. JP Total Fitness? What's that? Uh, our pal Jonathan Padilla, friend of the show, runs a Brooklyn-based personal training and remote coaching service committed to leading you becoming stronger and faster. 
Go to jptotalfitness.com. All right. In the Kitchen with Roro. In the Kitchen with Roro. R-O-R-O. If you're looking for bite-sized bits of yumminess and need to satisfy that sweet tooth, then check out In the Kitchen with Roro on Instagram. Each item especially made by our personal friend Rosie here in Brooklyn. Also coming to YouTube, that's In the Kitchen with Roro. Hi! Okay, yes. <laughs> and, uh, geez. So, um, first thing right off the bat, I think uh, uh, the biggest story I would suggest is the fact that we have gotten news of what Warner Brothers is planning to do with its uh, slate of upcoming films. Its entire slate for upcoming films for 2021. Thereby causing a ripple effect throughout the whole entire industry. And anyone who hasn't uh, heard it is that they are going to do a uh, dual digital online release same day as theatrical. Now, this is... According for Wonder to their, Woman, for, they are for everything. For everything. Their, their whole slate mm-hmm. for 2021. It's this is huge, and this is as you said, causing a ripple effect because it is sort of this like. Well, they are saying, according to Warner Brothers, it's like no, no, no. That's just for this year. It is a temporary thing. <clears throat> but as you and I have discussed it many times, you know, just in our personal life. Uh, this is where things are going. And an online release is becoming to is gonna become more and more a big part of the of how these films are seen. Uh because of the pandemic, um, it maybe has just accelerated something. That said, dear lord, this is also causing all sorts of issues with the, uh, theater fi- finances. The theater the theater companies are not happy. There are a lot of stars that are not happy. You have many various talents. Uh, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan has spoken up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are sort of c- cinema purists. But, uh, you know, uh, this is sort of a thing where this is not like an easy decision. It's not purely just a greed one either. It is a survival one. It is where are we going to be in a year, year and a half, even with a, even with a vaccine, in terms of like, you know, okay, Will there be enough theaters? Is Are we looking at Warner Brothers going, look, if in a year, two years, there are even less theaters around than when COVID started, then that puts a big, hit, a big crimp into how much money you can make. You know what I mean? And they can't wait for another year, year and a half to see how many theaters will be around for, you know, so it, I, they are in a, a pickle, but it's an understandable one. The reverse is, in my opinion, um, and we talked about that before on the phone, which is the, the Christopher Nolan position, which had a lot of juice behind it emotionally, I think, that they're saying, this is this is the art that we are in, and it is seen like this. Yes, there are financial considerations, but at the end of the day, I as a creator, create this to be seen in this medium in this way. And before COVID, that still had a lot of juice behind it. Post the, just the financial realities of what's going, of what's happening to the studios, p- makes that a less cogent argument. They're like, well, we need to exist in order to make your, to, to finance these films. And, you well, know. I personally think it's, um, 
it really is a next evolution. This is my opinion, right? It's a it's a next evolution. Uh, many have said, "Hey, you know, uh, VH the the way of the uh, the, the was it the four track, nine track, eight track, eight track to VHS to laser discs right, to DVDs. Yeah. You know, things are always constantly evolving. You know, and uh, and now, yeah, I, I I sent an image to these guys. Like I recently bought myself a sixty five inch. Well, my actually my wife got me for Christmas a sixty five inch." Um, uh, Flat screen TV. I, I thought you were going to say penis pump, but <laughs> I was going to go like, Jen, really? 65 mm. inches? Come on. I don't. <laughs> don't. Just... Anyway. 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 <laughs> but yes. Well, but that, that, that you're, you able... are, you are making your home theater experience. Right. So. I'm in the, yeah, I, I'm in the process of building that experience. And meanwhile, you guys have guys, like you say, Pierce, uh, where Nolan, and I, he's always been one of those guys that have just been very adamant about, no, I, the, the movies that I make specifically is to be watched in a, in, in, the, in theater a cinema, experience. this and theater that's, experience. And that's, and like I said, I get that argument and understand it and understand why it means so much to a lot of these people. But I could never understand that though, because, because it just tells me that. The ability, the ability for uh, for adaptation is just you know is just never you you're just stuck in that in that, uh, what, in, that in that what, mode. What do you think, John? I mean, obviously, this is a nat natural progression, especially during these times, and also maybe for the future after these times. Um, but the other end of it is the consumer end. Do you really think consumers are going to be like, you know what? Let me pay fifteen dollars so I can watch this on my like subpar entertainment system at home. That how many how many people do you think are going to go for it? Uh, you know, I mean, there's that's where that's why bucks. the financial thing also yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the financial aspect of that as well because it's like, like you said, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend twenty bucks to watch it on my my TV, you know. Uh, they, I'm sure that there's a lot that's going to come out to like pricing because if this is, of course, the big thing about this Warner Brothers story is that it's like, well, sign up for their HBO Max. Mm -hmm. They're getting a guarantee on that income and they, they and get all of these movies that we're putting out in a year. Now, that's how it is now. Because this as is it goes forward yeah. in the future, they're gonna, the pricing will be figured out in different ways. Right. There'll be more and more incentives for, for, for any of us. To go, okay, this makes sense for me. I'm going to sign because up. there's also the balancing out of saying, okay, uh, John, you're a single guy, right? Okay, um, you got to watch your you got to watch your bottom line, and you're saying eh, maybe I wouldn't want to pay to see it at home. Ed's a married guy with a kid. Right, right. He's going. I don't have this to pay for great. gas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, don't have, have to worry to, about parking. I don't have to worry about parking. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, at yeah. home with yeah. all my conveniences. Yeah. On and on and on and on. You know, there are trade-offs all along the, uh, all right, along the right, way. Right. Now, the other part of this is, of course, is that you have the stars who they're legally, the financial stuff, their contracts are tied into things like mm -hmm. what they make at the box office. They get deals on the back ends and percentages. And so right, right. there are a lot of them that are not happy saying, is this, and there is the, like, is this a half measure? Is this a mistake on Warner Brothers' part? Because they're like, we're making this first end commitment. We're the first big studio that is doing this. But like you say, I think the calculus is already sort of cranked in the bottom line. Right. Yeah. They've got a bottom line too, right? You know, and they have to watch for themselves, and and uh, which has a ripple effect to Disney. Mm. 
um, uh, uh, and you know who owns who nowadays? I really can't. Uh, I'm trying to figure everything. out, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, but, uh, Disney is in the position where they have, like you said, you they have to respond to this. Well, they do. They already did it with Milan. You know, this is the thing. You bought you bought Where the subscription this? for six dollars, right? And the release was like so. Yeah, 13, so it's not like 14. their hands are clean either from yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, you have to look at the fact that they're you know the calculus is also okay. If we were to release our Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and we hope that we were hoping for a billion dollars, we probably weren't going to, regardless of its quality, we weren't going to hit that mark because of the COVID, yeah. right? So let us find again that revenue stream that is going to be reliable where if we were only going to make 700 you know whatever let's calculate what that was what you know how that may factor into the subscription and okay here we go that's that's we're 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 good it is in some way a safe choice of you know why are we going to put a movie that we invested 150 200 million dollars into the theaters and not get the return when we again when they have they put out Tenet, Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and then you looked at Disney putting out Milan, and it was like, neither of those things worked the way they wanted them to. It, they, it showed the issues that had, and so it's like, and then as Ed always points out, this is the evolution. More things are going to go online, mm-hmm. and there are downsides, but I think there's an upside. I think that an argument can be made that if this is where the movie industry is going. Sorry, that, just one more thing, and I'm not... I'm not trying to be for or against anything, but just another angle to look out for is it's going to be a lot easier to pirate. Yes, that is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's always factored in. Right. Like, it it was easy enough to pirate a a movie that's released for for theater, but... Now it is. We're gonna. You're gonna have a downloadable, streamable program going into your computers and homes. That's gonna be ripped. Absolutely. And sold and distributed. Now, I Uh, think that it does, while it does... Have a ripple effect and things are changing. I feel it does create opportunities yeah. as well. Yes, right. It's a new frontier. Yeah. yeah, you know. Well, one thing is the fact that if you may be looking at like, okay, Warner Brothers slate is full of a lot of blockbusters. Mm-hmm. They've got their superhero stuff. They've got whatever franchise Dune things like that. But there are also people saying, well, if this is where it's going, maybe what happens is is that there is something that people have been lamenting for almost close, I'd say, twenty years in, in the movie. Hell industry, yeah, which has been that. <clears throat> there has been a squeezing out of the mid-range sized film, whether mid-range Thank you. dramas, Thank mid-range you. comedies. Right. There is now this sort of a lot of the releases, and of course, this is not as a little hyperbolic, but there is this sense of, wow, it's either these really shoestring budgeted kind of indies or small, small films that maybe are bankable and become really big hits, but their production costs are are, are low, and then one hundred fifty million dollar plus blockbusters that everyone is expecting to make back a billion and a half dollars on. There's nothing in between. And maybe this way of distributing movies allows for more of those to be made. More smaller, mid-range budget films. And you guys know that as a, a married guy, and I, I say this all the time, um, for the past two decades, I would say annually, I would only go to the theaters at most twice a year because I'm only... I'm only banking on those big, those big blockbuster movies, mm-hmm. you know, um, and with the industry also, it's like, what, what, what do we, what have, what has the industry been talking about for so long? It's like, hey, TV is now the place to go. Yes, streaming. Yes. You know those show, those those little shows. Yeah, you know those. Well, and they've and you, they've been great, and they've been gr- those things are also great because it's not as though, in terms of content now. Mm-hmm. 
that there's this big difference because they're tackling big genre stuff that costs a lot of money too, that has that passionate fan base. And they're tapping into it. They're they're tapping into the nostalgia stuff. They're they're doing all sorts of projects that are like you know, oh hey, did you like He Man? Well, sign up for Netflix. You'll be able to see a Kevin Smith you know created He Man show. They have stuff like The Witcher, you know, The Boys on Amazon. All of these sort oh, of hell, programs. Like I said in the last show, with algorithms being that being being what it is, I'll tell you about The Crown right now. By the way. You know, and how it was. It's a bunch again, of white people. Okay. For, no, no, but my, my well, point is you, that. Thank you, <laughs> My point is that these shows, um, which are serialized, um, in 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 comparison to those blockbuster movies, like they still manage to bank. They're still they still manage to stay in business and thrive. You know, uh, right now on Netflix, uh, there's a there's a show that everyone's kind of talking about. Um, uh, called the Queen's Gambit. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, the chess thing, right? Yeah, yeah the yeah. chess thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm... right. And this is the thing. This is where culturally and also mm-hmm. financially things are going. Now, I don't really see a demand for it though, because because I... like you, you've always had Netflix and Amazon Prime and HBO and all this. So these are platforms you you can subscribe to, watch whatever content they have on there. But the content is increasing, and the content no, is no, getting bigger sure. and better. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Um, and then if you wanted to go to the movie, you can make a decision to like, hey, I can throw down 15 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever, have a theatrical experience or not. And then wait like a year or two later right. for it to just like come with my subscription. Right. So like, I don't, I, I just don't see the demand for this type of. I, I think it is, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the, it's the. Aside the, from. It's the time period. Yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the, the, the part of it is that it's going to be that you can. You can do something along the lines of be assured that you're never out of the loop, pop culture wise, right? I gotta have that. I gotta have that Disney Plus subscription, and I gotta have that yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. because this is coming out. I, enough people are gonna be talking about it. I don't want to be. I want to see it. I want to know what's going on. Mm. So what do you what do you think the solution is gonna be? Because obviously, like like you said, like you got shows like The Crown and all these other shows on Netflix where all you pay is just your subscription. But for these big releases, like, is it going to be again like the pricing? The pricing is going to have to be figured out. Uh, how how you get these first one? They how long be... do you have access to? Right? Yeah. Since yeah these I mean, are currently, like brand new. The current thing they say is that they for this Warner Brothers thing is you're going to have thirty days after the Purchase. initial drop. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I, thirty I, days to watch it, or once you buy it, you have thirty days to watch it. Yes, you have. You will have access to it for thirty days. Once you pay, I believe that's how it's. Yeah, I, I, I believe that's how it's going to be worked out. Now, here's the th- here's here's the here's the the thing. I don't think that we any of us have any real answers here. Um, we're going to have to play this by ear because we're dealing with some large ones. I really want to, you know, Wonder Woman is a gigantic thing. Dune is a gigantic right. thing. How does Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. This is this is going to be the experiment in real time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to to be continued. A lot of that is and be worked out. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast.com. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now on YouTube. And but we're also on Twitter and Facebook. Until next time, kind of studios covering your audio. Maybe they're going to cap their max budget. Maybe they're like, you know what? Yeah, no movie.
movies over three hundred million or two hundred million. And you know, we can't that can be good and that can be bad. I mean, there are some movies that are like, no, we need this budget to, you know. But it, you know, hey, anything that anything that makes Hollywood have to be smarter and more creative. Hey, look, I would bet money on that being a good thing. But you know, you never know. It may be a thing where where let let's look at a Marvel. Marvel may say, okay, for your End Games type films. Or for those films where it's like, okay, we're doing an Uncanny X-Men. We, that's got to have a lot of money. But then suddenly it's more like, you know what? Yeah, if we're going to do that Damien Hellstrom movie, I don't know if it has to cost $100 million. Can we do it for 70 Can we do it for four thirty? It, 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 it creates more avenues. Uh, Zack Snyder, Snyder's Justice League is just around the corner. Right, yeah. And that came about because... Fan the, 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 um, fan nuts are are demanded it, right? Hashtagging it, social media, right. um, and the catalyst was hey, Justice League just really didn't cut it critically, right? So and and, but, and as we often into, all, into, into, as we also often property. say though, COVID played into that as well. COVID played because it that suddenly well. became we need any we need to whatever profit we can get. Is there something we got? Oh, there's a demand for this. Maybe you know let's let's squeeze some more juice out of this thing. Um, I don't think there's anything more to say about this uh, because no, we, none of us are, have prognosticators mm. for the future. I'm sorry. I'm going to okay. throw this one idea out there because you did talk about like a demand and having this demand manifest somewhere. What about the demand comes first, but not in post sales, but it comes in like surveys, like millions of people are, are like, we demand this crazy new movie. And, and you know the, what? And then the company makes it. And they're like, hey, that is that's that's absolutely an aspect of we're gonna make it. If now. you think about the fact that yeah. you know, here's the service. Once you sign up for the service, data is gonna be part of that. Yeah. What Algorithms. are people watching? How are they watching? Yeah. When are they watching? Why are they watching? All that is gonna come into play. So you know, yeah, they all that. But like I said, I don't know if any of us have a, a crystal ball right now. But it is a big deal. And you know, Wonder Woman is right now. It's the first one right out of the gate with this. Mm. So it's interesting that it's like here's the superhero. You know, contingent as playing a part of this. Uh, next up uh, in, in the stories, um, very quickly, is we got uh, a behind-the-scenes picture for Hawkeye uh, that are that are coming out these days. Uh, that production is is uh, on on course. Uh, was it Haley Steinfeld is being cast as Kate Bishop? Um, for a long time, Haley Steinfeld was uh, touted to, to to be in or to take to take up the role as Kate Bishop, uh, the character who ends up taking the ma the Hawkeye mantle in Young Avengers. Right, right. Well, it's no longer speculation. Um, for the past week, I um, we finally have seen. Photos of set photos of Renner yeah. and Steinfeld uh, in, uh, filming in New York City. We get to see uh, Haley. She's wearing and, the purple costume. She's the pur purple costume. Uh, there uh, are definitely some nods we're seeing to the Hawkeye series mm -hmm. that was very well received. That was done by Matt Fraction we, and David we Aha. See, we see Lucky the Pizza Dog. Right. So, so we've got, uh, which I'm all excited for because I love the character. You and love I the love Matt, love the Matt Fraction um, uh, right version of it, version. and uh, you know this is good because it's like they're still making stuff, right? Like we're going like you know this has COVID hasn't delayed this too much. 
Uh, Falcon and Winter Snow Soldiers are is uh, proceeding apace as well there. And then, of course, the first thing to drop is going to be uh, WandaVision. Um, I'm, you and I, we're big Hawkeye fans. Uh, got Ed, you know what? Uh, this may dovetail into a, a, a third one, but uh, man, Ed, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing this out here. Bullseye as a villain to appear with Hawkeye before they bring him back against uh, well, Daredevil, look. because that they were gonna roll. We're gonna roll into our next story right away. <laughs> roll roll right roll. into it, <laughs> uh, because the right now uh, at least is confirmed by uh, one of the larger outlets, Empire. This is dropped hours ago, like a few hours ago. Hours from this is from this that point. Uh, Charlie Cox, late of Netflix's uh, Marvel daredevil will be appearing in spider-man in the next spider-man mcu installment as matt murdoch at least who knows if daredevil suits up with them or or not now that film has got a ton of stuff stories that have dropped about it some are rumors some are not we know that they have have they done production Recorded? Uh, it looks like they're getting all their talent. You know, they're getting all their ducks oh, in a row. Alfred Molina has already signed as to return as Doctor Octopus. We that is Jamie, confirmed. We have Jamie Foxx saying that they're, they're coming back as Electro, and, and, like, and there are Whoa. rumors <laughs> of other characters. Now that seems to indicate a multiverse aspect. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I do like Charlie Cox coming back because one of the things about uh, the Netflix characters is that. They had to be put on ice for a number of years because of that deal with with Netflix. They couldn't just like, oh, you've ended. Hey, yeah, we ended the season here on Netflix, but we can just roll into the art, whatever art. No, they couldn't do that. They had to wait a while. Apparently, that time has passed, and they are now going to be able to use those characters again. And I think Charlie Cox coming back, Ed, tells me one thing. It feels to me like the Netflix shows are canon. Unless, unless the they're going to add that thing, the multiverse right. thing, yeah. but I kind of doubt that. Um, I like Ed. You, you wait. You doubt what? I doubt that they would not. They would say, "Yeah, Charlie Cox is Daredevil from another universe." <laughs> no, I kind of think that like that fits well, and definitely with like Blade coming out, and I mean even Hawkeye to a degree. It's like, okay, we have to have. Some well, what we're hoping some stuff that has a little more gravitas, and that means gets the hand more gritty. canon too. Then, well, what then, we're that, hoping what's, then what's the hand cannon? Yeah, the hand is canon too. That's not <laughs> we're not happy about that. But hey, but no, but we get, eh, but that means stuff like again, like bullseye and all the rest of that stuff. That means kingpin is canon. Yeah, you know well, what, what I mean? we're really hoping Weird. is that it's not just a uh, like Leave my mother, you know, where <laughs> it's not just it's not just like hey, you know, Ezra Miller meets. Yeah, Gustin, like on uh, yeah, Grant exactly. Gustin, right? You know, it's not nothing like that. It's like, hey, you're Matt Murdock. You know, you're, you're like, I don't know why I'm doing. Yeah, I don't. Voice, why is Keanu <laughs> Spider Man suddenly? Whoa. Or maybe I'm channeling uh, Batman Noir. Like, you're Matt no, Murdock. No, you know? no, no, oh, oh Spider Man Noir. Spider Man. So Spider-Man it's like Noir. Nick Cage. Um, but like, but yeah, that that is one of the, you just bring up another thing. Um, Andrew, the Spider Verse is very big. Uh, we know that. In the, in the Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange sequel definitely contains, in its title, some cross-dimensional stuff. And the st- and what we're hearing from casting indicates that. Now, like you said, though... Hold on. What? Special update. That story was pulled out of a- Empire. 
just interesting. now. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. See? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Empire. <laughs> we put our neck out there and you just chopped it off. No one's what? ever going to trust us again. What does that say? We're pulling this stuff right out of our ass. Rumorville. Ed, 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 I... History's feel- being rewritten as we're speaking right now. Well, Ed, I'm just saying is that I need some preparation H. Because <laughs> they pulled it out of my ass. Um, I'm uh, learning to enjoy it. Let's see. Now, see, there we go. Let's see Let's see where, where that goes. Because the other casting so far, rumor, rumor and confirmed, is very, very, like, okay, multiple things. Now, I would love if Charlie Cox comes back. I would love if Disney Plus had... At least, I don't know about everything else, but I think that you definitely could bring back Daredevil, and I think you definitely could bring back Punisher. I don't know about JJ. I don't know about Iron Fist or Luke Cage. But Charlie Cox as Daredevil and and Bernthal as the Punisher, that you could do something with. (laughs) For sure. Iron Fist, is, I'm okay with that not being never there. coming back at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, now here's uh, that. Now, could, new let me ask Fist. you a question. Like you said, would you would you be interested if, like, let's say, let's say they're like, okay, we're bringing back Burnthal as the Punisher. We're bringing back Charlie. No, no, Cox. no, 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 no. We're bringing back Charlie. We're bringing back Charlie Cox as Daredevil. We're bringing Burnthal as the Punisher, and you know their supporting cast, mm-hmm. defenders. But and we're company. not get. We're not bringing back JJ at, with the same actress. Mm-hmm. We're not bringing back. Um, which I would be ashamed. I would love if you could keep JJ around. I just don't think that it was a big enough hit. Mm. But let's say they recast Jessica Jones, they recast Luke Cage, they recast Iron Fist. Mm. Would you be fine with that? And then them sort of going like, okay, give us a do over here. Yeah, <laughs> We're yeah, going to yeah. go in another direction. We're going to do better. They're just pulling an Aunt Viv. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom goes the dynamite. Um, Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> you know who they should cast as Iron Fist? Mm. Uh, Cobra Kai. Oh, God. Cobra uh, Kai. Uh, although John, uh, Johnny Lawrence, you know, he, I think he's, he's slated for, he's destined for the things. You know, who knows? But, um, so uh, what would be, uh, I think, next on the, the hit list? Uh, because there was, there's just like, there, there was, there was, there's been a, a, a plethora of stories. What uh? What else is uh? What else is on the list there, Edward? Um, as far as news goes, um, that's pretty much it. I, we have Oscar Isaac's being cast for yeah, Metal Gear pushing. Solid, I, um, oh, yeah. because we haven't really gotten to the Moon Knight story. Yeah. But he's cast as Moon Knight. Yeah, he's cast that's as, as Moon Knight. That's, that's it. As, that's all we got. That's as far as it goes. That's all we got. All right. Uh, and so I think that ends it for the news. Unless there's anything else uh, you can think of. And so we're going to take a short break for some words from friends. And then when we come back, we will be discussing the uh, last two chapters of the Mandalorian chapters 13 and 14. So see you on the flip side. What do you want to say? We had our bathroom basement done. Anna Maria Stanimir Grumo, a friend of the podcast who lives out in France, she consults and she says, hey, let me design your your basement bathroom. And that's exactly what she did. She did everything um, via email, via FaceTime. The renderings and everything, right? Renderings and everything. Completely beautiful. I took the renderings and uh, hired a contractor and they are currently putting, as we're speaking, putting the finishing touches 
on my basin. And it looks fantastic. It looks great. Servicing clients domestic international. A master's here to help you through your different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to masterdesign.com. That is a master spelled A-M-A-S-T-A design. I love our logo. No, really. I love our logo. The To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast logo was provided to us by friend of the show, Matt Sulkowski, who also runs MSD Studios. And what does Matt do at MSD Studios? He provides positive reinforcement for your brand. Located in Philadelphia, Matt has worked with clients of all sizes and has helped them to focus on designs for campaigns, rebrands, and new brands. Get in touch for your next project, MSD Studios. That's msdstudios.com. All right. Okay. Welcome back. We are on the other side. And uh, now we are going to get into our Mandalorian discussion. Uh, Joining us for this discussion of uh, the last two released episodes (laughs) of The Mandalorian, (laughs) chapters 13 and chapters 14, is returning friend of the show via... The, the miracle of the series of tubes called the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, the king of Star Wars, Jeremy Martin. Go vacuum tubes. Yay! <laughs> Go vacuum tubes. <laughs> Obviously, someone didn't watch The Social Dilemma. <laughs> or, as we, uh, or as we've discovered, you now go by uh, Razor Gideon Windu. Ramon. That, there you go. That works, too. <laughs> Ray, Razor. It's, it's R-A apostrophe... Z A Z O R. Yes, it's an R A apostrophe. Razor. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's got to be Star Wars spelling, right? Right. So, the last two episodes of The Mandalorian have been pretty big. I would say the fan base in general is enjoying the show. I am definitely enjoying the show this season. Um. This so, is a show that me and my ex-girlfriend enjoyed. So now, when I watch it, I'm just heartbroken. Wow, okay. See, there's like a bomb right there. You know? now, gonna, now when I watch the show, I'm going to think of that, and I'm going to be like, oh. You know what, you know what, yeah. you know what, John? But you know what, we got, we got is, a lightsaber battle, so it's all good. This is a domino bomb. You know, well, you know what, you know what, John? John, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this from now on, when I watch, when, what, from now on, when I watch The Mandalorian, I'll be thinking about your girlfriend, too. <laughs> now, starting off with you, Jeremy, let's get into... What we thought was going to be the big talk of this season, which was Ahsoka Tano shows up, and it's a great episode. Uh, and if the follow-up episode had to happen, I think we'd all say, wow, that episode of Ahsoka Tano was the greatest, you know, uh, bit of The Mandalorian so far. Um, your your take on the Ahsoka episode, well, you know, like w- what it means for the show, Star Wars in general, and uh, uh, just what you thought about it, uh, you know, in total. Go, Jeremy. I I think it was more for the character than it really was for the show. And I'm glad they didn't use it as like the season ending kind of final thing. I'm glad they did it in the middle, get it out of the way. And now you don't really have to bring her back for anything else. Now you can have you can have your Mandalorian Gideon showdown to end the season and really, you know, Force home that that's the point of the show. Ahsoka is not going to become the focus of the Mandalorian now. Now she showed up, she did her thing, and now we're going back to the Mandalorian. So I, I was glad they did it like that. As far as she goes, she was awesome. She was awesome. You I enjoyed I was a Rosario in the part. 
Yeah, I, I, we were watching it together as a family in the living room, and I'm sitting there, and I must have had a stupid look on my face because Margaret, Margaret looks over at me and she goes, "You're in love, aren't you?" And I said, "Yes, <laughs> I, I absolutely am in love. I, I am. I cannot deny it." She was perfect, and that episode was great. So, and so pretty much the, uh, the the sins of 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 Skywalker have seemed to like, you know, have all the wrongs have been righted. Let's not please because don't, of Ahsoka. Ed, don't set him off. <laughs> That's why I live I'm, by. I'm not even joking. Don't don't set I know him off. How to, okay? I know he how to push this guy's exactly. buttons. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 yeah, that's don't start him. We're concentrating on the Mandalorian. Um, hey, uh, hey, so, hey. so a discussion of the whole wider Star Wars universe that takes place twenty five years after the Mandalorian that that can wait for another day. That can wait. So, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like uh, anything that stands out from that episode, um, you know, beginning to end for you. Beginning to end? Uh, yeah, anything that anything that stands out that like you were just like that was great to see. They did that well. You know, what are the stands out from the Ahsoka episode? I think the brief encounter between Ahsoka and Mando, where her lightsabers were sparking off his armor. I think oh, kind yes. Of, uh, <laughs> like, I, I, and I, I think really as, I mean, absolutely in live action, you know, even as far as looking back at Clone Wars and Rebels and all those sorts of things, I don't really remember there being an interaction like that. On, on film or animation before, where it actually hammered home that the armor that they wear repels lightsabers. Yeah, like because and, when you and I were and, growing up, it was always this, you know, part of, you know, EU stuff of the Mandalorians. They were one of the few guys that could handle the Jedi, you know. With yeah, all they the go, they, and they always went toe-to-toe with the Jedi. And I was like, oh, well, why? They all have is some armor. It's like, yeah, but the armor blocks lightsabers. And even, like, I would tell my kids that, and they didn't, you know, it, it, it was always something I told them. It was never something that they got to really experience. So I, I think when they put that in there and really hammered home that that's what it was, that that's what was going on, it kind of sets the stage for a lot of stuff that's going to happen later on in, 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 in the next two episodes, in the season finale. Mm-hmm. And then especially when Ahsoka fights, what's her name, at the end with the spear, and you know, it, the Beskar spear, and like as soon as that sequence hit, it was like that was the reason for this episode. Yes, it was nice to get Ahsoka, but it was really it was getting that Beskar steel into, the, into, into the Mando's right. hands, right? Yes, before he faces Gideon was the point of that episode, and that was the first. I, I turned to the, I turned to my family and I said, "That spear is the key point." And then they hammered it again mm-hmm. in this most current episode, in the Boba Fett episode. But when he dug it out of the dirt, right, and even, right. and they it, and it even seemed that Boba kind of understood. Well, I have this. I have my own theory about that that about the best guard spear right, that I'm going right, to talk well, about. We'll, we'll hold off on that. We'll but for me, that episode it was great to see Ahsoka. It was great to see the the lightsabers full on her in action. But to me, it was the interaction between the armor and the and the Beskar steel and her lightsabers was really the defining point. Of that episode, I, I that's a, I I would say you're spot on with that with that uh, observation. Now, uh, John has finally caught up on all the episodes as well. John, uh, you uh, let me ask John, you're not as familiar with uh, with a character like Ahsoka Tano, right? I'm not so familiar, but uh, man, uh, has she changed since uh, Bernie lost? 
So your contention is space AOC. That's that. Space AOC is what you're going with us. Okay. All right. So aside from that, uh, um, the episode the episode that introduced to so so you're not really know you know the basics of that character though, right? Mm, green Deal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay, you know, I you saw, know who you you do you yeah, know? I've, I've seen her from like the cartoon. But you know everything about her. No, I don't know much about. Okay, her. so it's an important point for John, maybe that you don't know, is that there was a series uh, that was a spun-off from a movie called the Star Wars Clone Wars, which covers the years of Anakin and Obi Wan working together. Mm. Now, during that period, Anakin Skywalker is is signed. This junior Jedi, Ahsoka Tano, who grows with him throughout the whole. And so she's really this person who's with him throughout that whole journey, has her own stories and such. And as well, uh, Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Ahsoka Tano is also the last character wholly created by George Lucas... Uh, who has now appeared in live action. This is the... That Filoni has really taken it, taken reins of it. I... Yeah, I mean, she was a joint creation between Filoni and George. But, you know, I mean, yeah, as far as appearing in live action, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a... It's a... It's a yeah. I mean, there's only, what, two that have ever gone from animation to live action, so... Right, yeah, yeah. and so it puts her in this, you know, sort of important place. And they, uh, the stuff that she talks about on that episode, it's not lore. She was friends with Anakin Skywalker, this is a very important person in her the life. The last great, the last apprentice of basically, of and so when she says the things to him about, I don't want to train Grogu because I've right. seen yeah. what this well, goes. Has more gravity. Now. It has Thanks more. Thanks for telling me. See, well, yeah, see, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, John needed this. Let me John point out the update. Let me point out this one very important uh, um, uh, episode in, in Rebels, one of the last episodes of Rebels, where she confronts Vader, and in that fight discovers, oh, that's Anakin underneath uh, underneath the hood. Master, I know there's still good in you. And then, you know, they just separate. And then from then on, and plus also she's the only Jedi that we know who leaves the order. She's not a Jedi anymore, which is why her, her sabers are also white. They're not colored. Um, so she's sort of well, like- No, a, no, no. Well, the reason that her lightsabers are white is because in the time between Revenge of the Sith and Rebels- she was actually the the inquisitors actually tracked her down. I mean that. And I they, mean that metaphorically. That and they, she's uh, no longer meta right. Metaphor. But at any point in time, she could have gone to any and got any of the kyber crystals and actually made mm -hmm. her own lightsaber with a color. But she she killed the inquisitors, mm -hmm. two inquisitors barehanded, and took their lightsabers and purified the crystals. And that's why the, that's why her lightsabers are white. And, it's not and, necessarily and that it was adapted very well in live action. That oh yeah, that looked, looked great. It was it was great. So yeah, so that's sort of the background. But still, the only Jedi who leaves the order that that was a big deal. Yeah, by its, in, in itself. And they danced around <laughs> a little bit in that episode about that. They didn't. They they there were some vagaries about some stuff. She didn't outright say I am no longer a Jedi. She did not outright say I am a Jedi. One um, anything, Jeremy, more in that episode in particular with Ahsoka? Anything that stands out? Because there's so much. I mean, like it's a. It's a great episode. There's, you know, I could talk about it forever, but anything in your mind that you would, you would like, you know, even it could be small. I mean, you know, you've got stuff like Michael Bean showing up there and, you know, even there's what? tons of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there were small things like, uh, 
like her refusal to train Grogu kind of, it made sense, but it also kind of bugged me because she's not a Jedi anymore. Right. So she turned her back on that whole, I can't, you know, that whole. That, that non-attachment thing, it's interesting that she brought it up when she, you would I, think because she, she would because not be she, on, on board with that. She, yeah, and she walked away from the order, but she's still holding on to those attachments as far as, you, you know, that mindset and approach to training goes. So, and I kind of feel that that might be something that they could do something with down the road. Because uh, obviously, you know, mm. the Ahsoka Tano series and, you know, the whole Thrawn How that thing, would go. Know. Yes, and the Thrawn, that's a big part of that episode. You know? You know yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 do we really need to talk about that? I don't know. But, but, I, but what I wanted to say about the whole, they didn't really get into her being a Jedi too much because we, we know all the history. We know the story. Right. We, you know, we've grown up with it. Probably, you know, 75% of the people that are watching this show don't understand that and don't get that. So that's a whole lot of backstory to try and condense down into a couple sentences where your average fan might be like, what the hell is that? Why is she, why is she talking about this stuff? I, that doesn't make any sense. So they just kind of glossed over it. And, if yeah, people want and that's more, understandable, right. Yeah. Go back and find more. Yeah, okay. So uh, that led, that that episode was fantastic. Um that led to uh, the end of the episode being that she would not train Grogu, sends uh, the Mandalorian and the baby on their way to say, well, you know, here's a place where maybe you can get into contact with the Jedi. They go there, and then we get the next episode, which, you know, a lot of people thought would be like just a decompression, maybe filler. Oh, it's only 30 minutes long. What could happen in this episode? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, thought, I, I thought it was going to be a filler episode and they went full on crazy so once so, upon a time in mandalore exactly so we get uh robert rodriguez dropping us the return of boba fett now uh jeremy you, epic. yeah your take on that that episode you know what what was the there's only one thing to talk about there really is only one maybe two things the first thing ever out of the way is tomorrow morrison's you know as Boba Fett, just just go, Jeremy. Just just f- just free consciousness. What was your reaction? <laughs> my reaction was, oh my god, that you can actually see Boba Fett kicking ass for like <laughs> the first time ever. Like you saw Django and Obi Wan kind of go at it a little bit, but it was you know the graphics weren't great back then, so that was you know I'll, you know whatever. But this was just Boba Fett kicking ass without his armor. With the armor, taking names, Slave One flying around, looking cool as hell. It was just, it was awesome. It I was don't know. Awesome. I don't know if any of you saw um, like any social media stuff out there. I saw something last night where they did a uh, the the different ages that Boba Fett goes through. It's like the little boy from uh, from Attack of the Clones. He was ten years old. Down a line, and I forget how he was in Return of the Jedi. When you get to Timur Morrison from this episode, he's forty one. Hey, hey, man! And I'm like, hey, okay. man! Okay, Sar- the Sarlacc pit <laughs> takes it out of you. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I mean, if he was ten in Attack of the Clones, you're talking. Yeah, but that is a years, real stretch. 27. Yeah, he'd be he'd be late thirties, early forties. Yeah, and and like I said, you know, they've got the out of he went through this horrific thing, and so therefore, and he's lived a rough life. You know, yeah, I'm, not, they, I'm not. I'm not going to nitpick. I'm not going to nitpick that too much myself. Um, so you love the fact that we get to see Boba Fett as the badass of the EU um, for so many uh, years. Anything? Um, anything else about that episode? Um, 
Uh, um, oh my! Oh, there's well, there, I, I mean, holy crap! You could talk for three hours about that. Episode. <laughs> I mean, and I will. Just uh, the confirmation of the history of Boba Fett. You know, I mean, he, for for you know, our thirty years of our lives, he's this mysterious character that nobody knows anything about. He just shows up and looks cool as hell. And everybody loves him, but what is he? Who's he from? Where's he from? And then you get backstory of Mandalorians through, you know, the Clone Wars cartoon. Right, yeah, and, and some of cartoon. that seems to be what seemed to be at cross purposes. We didn't know what was yeah, going to be I mean, canonized so, and not, right? Yeah, right. So now, so now you get, now you kind of get Django's backstory. So you get Boba's backstory. So you understand the nature of the founding, and you understand the nature of why it was always, well, Boba Fett wasn't a real Mandalorian, and now it's like all this stuff kind of starts to hit, and it's like all kind of becomes this narrative of a minor character who's been going on for, you know, 37, 40 years now, and it's just, it's fantastic to see it play out. By the way, those, it's, they're... It's fantastic to see all the threads from all the different media play out for a background character that originally showed up for all of that you know, was all I, just basically a gloss on the man with no name and yeah. didn't do I mean, much else. I mean, the whole the whole reason he exists is because Johnston drew this awesome sketch of a guy, and <laughs> you know George Lucas was like, "That looks really cool. Let's make him a bounty hunter and stick him in there somewhere." Now, what and about, that's, how, that's how he started. Now, and now what, you have this whole much cooler history of an entire race of people that can stand toe to toe against the Jedi. You know, right. the space wizards with their laser swords. You know, you know, and it's. The narrative now is, and what they're building up to now with these series and with the Ahsoka series and now the Mandalorians and with Bo-Katan coming in and all this Bo other Bo crap. Boba, Boba Fett getting apparently some sort of standalone series as well. Well, that, I, well I was just going to mention that. And, like, that's you know. what, and that's what I mean. Like, so, so what happens? Do you, you know, do you get Boba Fett encounter Bo-Katan? Does Boba Fett... And Mando fight Gideon together? And you uh, know what I mean? Is that, rumor, that, is that rumor? Is that rumor or is that confirmed? Uh, I, I think, I think that the Boba series is something that right now it has a very good chance. Very good chance. I, it's going to happen. And, and after the, this episode, yeah. I think it's definitely going to happen. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason for them not to do it. I mean, Filoni obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah. More so, more so than any of the idiots that did the sequel trilogy. Right. Feloni knows what he's doing. He knows what Star Wars <laughs> yes. is, regardless of who the character is. And, and 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 what you can see is that Feloni is also um, there's very intentional building blocks of certain things like mentioning Thrawn, but not necessarily saying, "Oh, th we don't know right now." Oh. Is Thrawn going to be in this series? Maybe not. Maybe he's like, "We've got Gideon here. Let's have Thrawn." For the Ahsoka series, Ahsoka, Thrawn, Ezra have that deal with that, that sort of that aspect. Look, all, all you need to do is have Gideon at some point in the next two episodes. Yeah. Do a hollow, do a hollow thing, and officer. there's yeah, there's let Thrawn, let let the Grand Admiral know that we're you know we're on our way, or 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 something, or, or I. Thank God I've got this 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 Yoda baby Yoda blood for my my thing because I'm in a power struggle with Thrawn. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, there's there are many ways you can play this sort of uh, post Jedi period that they're uh, doing. Uh, well, it's it's just the whole thing's just crazy. I mean, if they if they want to, you know, do a Thrawn series where he's got Ezra locked up and right. he's not even with the Empire anymore. Right. He's he he's with his he's with the Chiss ascendancy. 
and yep. that's and you know when all this stuff is leading to you know what they and, could build up to well, hang on, hang on, Mando what? and his little band of warriors going up against the Chiss ascendancy I have my own theory about uh, that as well that they're, they're definitely they're, they're, they're setting things up for Mando being part of something maybe you know uh, what's going on on Mandalore now let me ask you uh, one final thing before we let you go I've got uh, a question for him, by the way. Okay, uh, John, uh, Ed, ask a question. Uh, so, Razor, what do you make of like the uh, the message um, that's been decoded off of the the Boba Fett armor? Foundling took into the year Concord Dawn, Mentor Jast, Father Fett, Boba Fett. Okay, what about it? No, well, I'm asking if like if if. Well, I just think that's and that that that's what I said about the confirmation. Of who he is, where he comes from, and now now you have it fitting the narrative that Filoni built with the Mandalorians and Death Watch and Foundlings and all that stuff going back. So now you have Boba Fett tied into that. Yeah, so because I, you, because I they do ma they mentioned the uh, uh, and this is extended universe stuff with uh, uh, mentor Jast Jast, which Jast Mariel, right? You know, which which we know from comic books and all. Uh, yeah, that's a, and that's a Legends character that now is has. Another one that's been, you know, made it in the canon. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, all these connections are great. Uh, now, uh, you're, we'll, we'll squeeze this uh, last bit of juice out of you. Where do you think uh, the last two, because that's what we're left with, last two episodes are going to go here? Like, if you had to predict from this point, uh, uh, what do you think the end of the season is going to be? I think it's going to be crazy. <laughs> okay all right other than crazy other than crazy do you think like uh up down do you think they're gonna end it with uh mando and kid reunited or you think they're gonna end it with uh gideon still has the kid uh by the end of the season i think it's gonna end with gideon has the kid i, do, I don't I, I, I and that's my preference but i don't see what benefit they would have and Mando getting the kid back and right just repeating the basic plot of season two. Mm -hmm. Change the plot and make it now Mando has to go on the offensive to try and get the kid back. I think that that fits better with the way the show's gone because the season one had its own narrative thread. Season two had a, a different narrative thread. Now season three is going to have it, a, a, another different narrative thread where it's going to be hunting down. Right. Gideon because he has the kid now and, then, uh, and, you, and obviously we're going to get a, a you know a dark saber best guard right. steel spear fight <laughs> which is going to be bonkers or, so or not or not listen 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 when I when you get off when we put the episode out I'm going to talk about that when we when we go on about it um do you believe up or down is Boba a cool guy or is Boba going to turn on our heroes and that's your theory. Oh uh, well, I'm just going to point this out, Jeremy. Before you answer, everyone is everyone is like, especially prequel fans or people who know the prequels are like, oh my god, when you know Mando was talking to Boba, Boba said those lines. I'm just a simple man making his way through the universe. Like, oh, that was awesome, and everyone cheered. And I'm going, yeah, yeah. Do do we forget that Django said those lines and then had a fight with Obi Wan Kenobi and was yeah. revealed to be one of the bad guys? Yeah. So well, like, see, is, it, uh, so do you think Boba's on the up and up? You think he if this is cool, or he's gonna turn? He's gonna give us a heel turn. Well, I'm 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 gonna preface anything by saying 
he's only a bad guy from a certain point of view. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and you know I'm right. No, no, no. I agree. I, I, I absolutely 100% agree. Yes. <laughs> well, and I, and, and, well this, is, this is another point that you get from that, but from this last episode was that you see that Boba Fett has that honor. You see that it's in him because he said, no, you don't have the child. Our deal's not done. We're with you till it's done. Mm-hmm. So you have that sense of honor, even though he he was, you know, he caught Han and he might have been a bad guy. He was a bounty hunter. But that's, you know, he's it's still just a job. That. It's not personal. It's and exactly. But now, now it's personal. Right. He it's, gave his word. Now mm-hmm. it's his honor. He's going to stick by it. Mm-hmm. So I so good or bad is a certain point of view. And, and that's it's just what it is. And. That's so, but but see that you see, I think that interpretation would say he's on the up and up. That it's uh, he made now. he made he he said my honor's on the line. I I, I put my word. So here he, you know let let's go let's go. But that but it. what what happens when Mando gets the kid back? Does Boba say. Fett just go? All right, now I want the kid so I can get the bounty. Yeah, what happens? <laughs> right, exactly, right, exactly. You know you don't you don't know. So for right now, he's a good guy. Five minutes from now, he might be a bad guy. He's Five a, minutes after that, he's, he might he's, just be a guy. He's, he's very much. A, he's very much a Razor Skywalker. <laughs> very much. <laughs> very much. Well, thank you very much, Jeremy, for for I will for say dropping it by. Better not be Mace Windu. That Grogu reached out to. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I want to see Samuel. Um, it better not be Luke Skywalker. Either. No Luke Skywalker, no Mace Windu. Uh, how do, uh, it, it better it better be a Chiss person. That's I I, I, I want what I want is uh, my left wings are. I want it to be either the Bendu or a canonized or Joris Bendu. or 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 canonized Joris Saboeth. I think either one of those are preferable. Well, to yeah, you don't want anything but Mace Luke, Windu. right? But um, thank you so much, Jeremy, for your time. Uh, we're gonna bring you back again when we talk about. Uh, probably before the Dis- end of the season. Disco, probably. So, but uh, thank you, and uh, s- you know the best to you and yours, and keep safe and healthy during this. No disintegrations. No, no disintegrations. disintegrations. Thanks for having me, guys, and everybody out there. Stay safe, and you know, I, uh, hopefully, I can get out there sometime soon to actually see you guys in the city. No hey, problem. Thanks for man. allowing us to squeeze. Uh, squeeze whatever. all the juice. Squeeze all the juice out of you. <laughs> I, I have all the juice you guys need. But, whoa. Okay. Whoa, <laughs> thank you hey. very much, Jeremy. <laughs> have a good one, man. Take it easy. All right, guys. And okay, so, you know, we're thankful for Jeremy to drop by on us now. Well, let's chew over our own thoughts on these uh, these these episodes. Um, Ed, um, the Sokotana episode? Last week on Agents of Fennec. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Ahsoka Tano the episode. So, well, look, look, look. Uh, we didn't really cover the... the yes, the, the that's why we're going right. to talk about it now. Right, so yeah, that's what I'm getting into, all right? So just, you know... Um, <laughs> So the Sogatano episode, uh, did you have a specific question or you yeah, know, I skipped you what let's talk about yeah, yeah, th- yeah, yeah. Things that stood out. Well, one thing that I immediately like we were in conversation right after watching it, it's like do we know who this <laughs> who this woman is? Uh, uh, the, the, the magistrate the, the character. magistrate. And immediately I went online, I'm like, I've seen her before, I've seen her before. And the name instantly came up. Diane Lee Inosanto. The last name for you guys who have no idea why what? me and Ed had such chubbies. Well, for both of us, especially, you know, the name, the last name Inosanto carries very heavily being that 
you know, you and I, Miguel, are have done martial, martial arts, arts uh, martial arts uh, practitioners. She is the daughter of of Guru of Guru Dan Danny Santo and goddaughter of Bruce Lee. Wow. And that that was really huge. And I, I as I understand, um, Inosanto is a uh, she's done some stunt work. She's had a um, a career doing stunt, uh, doing martial arts on screen. Um, that was pretty huge. And uh, and immediately I said to Miguel and I, we were just like, oh my god, what has Filoni stumbled brought. upon? What has he brought? <laughs> The world of martial arts just woke up because of this. Well, and that was one of the things that was a big part of that episode, in my opinion, mm -hmm. is that, you know... We talked about the choreography, the fight choreography. The fight choreography, you had Ahsoka Tano doing the, 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 the lightsaber stuff in it. And then, as Jeremy pointed out, mm -hmm. as a plot point, it was like, we have to show you a Beskar spear... That's able to resist. That, that can fight... A lightsaber because we know that Gideon has the dark saber, and so this gives Mando uh, not just his armor as protection, but a weapon that he can use against Gideon. So um, on that, that you know, but also just the fact that we look at that episode and how they presented Ahsoka Tano. Martial arts is gigantic. The fight choreography, everything you know, anything else. And it wasn't. It wasn't very wire foolish. It was just very. It, it felt like a very visceral, savage fight. And it's great that it was just you know two women on screen uh, performing performing yeah the to the point right? where so, I there was a part of me that almost thought I said is Diana Lee Inosanto in this because she's not just doing this part is she maybe also doing some stunt doubling work or whatever oh yeah yeah you said something because like, there was right. a, there were moments where I thought maybe she was stunt doubling for Rosario mm -hmm. Dawson but I haven't read anything that mm -hmm. uh, I didn't follow up on that myself but because in in, in past. Um, uh, portrayals of Ahsoka Tano, especially because it's CGI, right? You know, um, the way they they make the Jedi look—they're flying around. It's a lot of wire. I mean, if you were to do that for live action, it would look very much wire foolish. But here, it's just like it. Looks, they found like a very good mid ground. There definitely was some stuff that was like, well, that is physically impossible mm -hmm. without wire foo, without some sort of grand enhancement of what. Mm -hmm. But it's still, like you said, still looked very, very. Gritty, very, very like as if you're watching. Kill you, Bill you, or, you felt yeah. all of those hits and all of those slices. And uh, is there anything, yeah. uh, anything else? Uh, in yeah, that episode? you know. So, so with the recent episode with Boba Fett, uh, and I'm going to stick with this. Like I've, I've been, I've been feeling this since the beginning of the season. You're getting, ladies and gentlemen. This is my theory your Avengers initiative moment when it comes to the franchise and the series. Um, because now it's like, all right, Boba, you, he's now in, 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 uh, he's now indebted to, well, he's part of the show. He's, he's part, part of, of the, the show now, right? right? He's part you of know? the show, part of the regular. So cast. now it's okay. I've got, I've got Boba on my side. I've got uh, Fennec. Um, I'm calling on Kara. Uh, Kara, by the way, she is now, I suppose right. she's now a sheriff. Uh, um, we got Gatano out there, right? Gatano. You're uh, gathering up your heavies. He's, he's, he's bringing in Bill Burr, who we don't know how that's <laughs> going to work out. Uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. He's like, why, why him? You have the, you have the man, the other man. Oh, well, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why him. Do you want to know why him? Yeah, why him? Because they're going to have a sniper duel to the death oh, yeah, between yeah, him and yeah. Fennec. The second, because they, they were all like, I said that myself. I said, oh, it's interesting that they have a sniper character, but they brought a character that they had killed. 
and they brought her back. Mm. And then I was like, why not Bill Burr? And then it was like at the end, oh, we're picking up Bill Burr. I was like, yeah, she's going to kill him. That's going to be <laughs> the end of that. Okay. Uh, but well, anyway, continue. So you have... Um... You have that Avengers, mo- uh, okay. Avengers right. moment. Okay, right, so they were good. That, that, um, anything else? And uh, now it's just stuff. like, you know, we're going after, we're going after Gideon. Uh, where do I see this going? Yeah, uh, I see this going where it's, um, th- there are a lot of things that, is, that, that are becoming very complicated here. What happens at the moment when it's like, okay, you have Boba Fett and he sees and he meets, his Je- and he meets a Jedi. As we know, Boba Fett's, he would, have to, Fett, he would have to have a history. There's a lot of bad blood there. Right. There's still a lot of bad blood. You know, here, um, you know, I've seen um, plenty in social media. It's like, oh, for once you have the two factions uh, um, in, in Mandalorian history come together for once. Well, yeah, that's great. But here, Din Djarin, who's making nice with everyone, it does all it takes is just for something to slip on the edge and then all hell breaks loose. Boba sees um, what happens the moment when you have Boba Fett and Ahsoka on the same screen. Mm-hmm. You know, I never cared for Jedi. they killed my father. You know, and it's just, it's it's all chaos. Well, it is. It, it it even brings up questions of what, like I said, his this is a mission. He's saying to bring this child to the Jedi. They know that. So, like, what, how does that factor into that? Yeah, so, yeah which, that's which like, works into your which works into your your your, your theory. Well, I'm going to yeah, I'll get to that anything no, we'll, anything we'll, we'll else uh, that. on on the uh, Yeah, so um, for that for the Ahsoka episode in particular. I'm surprised you haven't talked about Michael Bean yet for God's sakes. Well, I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that to you. I'll leave that to you. Now, one thing's uh, that um because last we saw Ahsoka aside from her last confrontation with Vader, there was a time travel episode, right, of Rebels. And you're like, "Well, where does that fit into this?" So are they going to work into these sort of uh, magical, um, uh, 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 this, this this sort of like weird realm within within? Uh, I have a I have a little bit of an Easter egg. What's that? on that stuff? What's that? Interesting Here. to point out. One is is that Ahsoka has that owl type creature. I forget, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking at the name, but you remember that from Rebels and Clone Wars. Uh, where often they would have this symbol that was the symbol of those characters that were in that um, that force realm. That force realm, right? Right. Right. So that's that the female character, the the daughter, had that like owl type creature that was kind of like her avatar. That sort of also became sort of Ahsoka's avatar. Okay. And then you had the Manka cat, right? That's what they're called, or Lo- Lo- Loka Lothal cat. Okay. Okay. Which was became Ezra's sort of his avatar, mm-hmm. his symbol, mm-hmm. and you did see one of them in that episode with Ahsoka. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm just going to throw this on to 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 uh, not going to get into the Boba episode yet. But is it me or am I remembering wrong? And I am not as big on Clone Wars and Rebels as I think I should be. But correct me if I'm wrong, Ed. But wasn't the sort of symbol they chose for Master Yoda a butterfly? Okay. And when they set when we... Baby Yoda down on that rock, what was the first thing that came to him? Now, here's... So, I... so let's say that's not... Obviously, it can't symbolize Yoda, but is it a symbol of Yoda's people on some level? Well, here's, here's my theory on that. Who is Grogu? Then this is something that I, I personally am I'm, I'm coming to. I think he's a reincarnation of, of He can't of Yoda. be a reincarnation. Why not? Because if he's been alive for 50 years, it's, Master Yoda's only been dead for five. 
Okay. So that doesn't that work out. It. So that quashes it. Okay. Right. But but the butterflies thing because we saw them. Is it is right. it not necessarily Yoda, but Yoda's people, or are they are they mooning us in that way? I, I'm just I'm just throwing yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh. Anything else to, on the Ahsoka episode? Uh, so um, if you had to ask me where is this going to go, Moff Gideon, I think he's a goner by the end of the season. I think Interesting. He, okay. um, but that's not to say that we're not going to get something really epic at the at right. the end because you need to see well, Moff Gideon we haven't, we haven't with, even, I with haven't the Darksaber. Even, right, I mean, yeah, we haven't even gotten here. So now we get to the Boba episode. Mm-hmm. And your your thoughts on that that thirty minutes of nonstop orgasm from like <laughs> basically minute five until the end. Um. Yeah, you know, like, like, I, I don't know, like, like Downey, like, I'm, I'm, if we're getting that Boba Fett series, I'm really happy that we're gonna get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, again, I, it's just, I don't see Boba. Th- there's gonna be a switcheroo of some of of sorts going on. I'm. Th- this is. That said, you know, I'm so really focused and so, um, so tuned into. Uh, uh, the Moff Gideon character because the whole time I'm asking myself um, is this is there an origin like how yes, does the it, first order co- come to origin like it, it's got to come is it connected to that it, or yeah, not yeah it's got to be connected to I that I think a sense. bigger question is is something we we were playing around with when we were driving here which is the fact that you know a a theme could very well be you know they've made a big point about foundlings from the start of the series. Literally, the story starts out with the Mandalorian finds the baby that ties into his own origin as also someone who is a foundling. They make a very big point of like, well, Death Watch seems to be made up. This this sec, this sect of the Mandalorians seems to be also made up of foundlings. Oh, wait a second. We're going to just drop into you that uh, Boba's father was also a foundling. Which brings us to Gideon. Why is Gideon tied up with so much? Why is a why is a grand moth of the of the fallen empire in possession well, well, of me... the dark saber in the first place? And then we point out, wait a minute, how does Gideon dress? He's, Gideon dresses a lot like armor. a Mandalorian, yeah. doesn't he? He's always in his armor. The armor cape combo. This mm. is a thing that seems to be a common thing. So that to me would indicate a thematically fitting together the idea that maybe he is like Din, uh, 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 Armando, maybe like Jaren, he is someone who was a foundling, brought into it, but then somehow loses his way, mm. becomes a part of the Empire, and it may not even be a thing of I hate Mandalore. It may be a thing of I'm, I'm going to yeah. bring it together. The Bo-Katans of the world are not the ones who are going to lead Mandalore into the future. We will. Well, I, I don't mean for us to get into it, but uh, uh, no one, I'm surprised that no one's really brought up the, the Bo-Katan age thing. We're not going to get We're into it, but into it's ridiculous. It, but it is like, you know, so there has to be something going on with that. And I'm sure it's pretty intentional. Um, uh, Filoni, Filoni and Favreau, the, the, the Filoni and Favreau team doesn't put that out. And See, fans you, to go, you, you, you say that, but in my opinion, it really, that is totally chalked up to, we are so in love that we get a chance to bring these characters, you know, adapt them into live action. So we are going to as lovingly bring them from the screen. Mm-hmm. And then no one said, wait a minute, shouldn't she be in like her, you know, 60s or You're 70s right. yeah. with at least a lot of wrinkles and gray hairs. And they were just like, no, we just want to make her look like people remembered her from the show. 
So I don't know if I, I don't know if that's gonna play. I wish it would. I wish they would go like, hey, wait a minute, you got you should be as old as Obi Wan was, or in that range, and you look great. And maybe that plays in. We talked about that. That could play into something. Mm. She's taking something. She's doing something. She's not as strong a leader as she could be because she's actually at the end of her rope for whatever reason. There are things that they could do. Um, so uh, unless you have anything else you want to touch on. Two episodes left. Two episodes left. Two episodes left. Something huge is going to have to happen. Um, John, you have anything you want to say before I start my spiel? Uh, which episode? Anything. Anything. You know where that saber came from? The, the, the dark saber? Yeah, the dark saber. Okay, you don't see. This is the thing, you guys. Like you don't know. Yeah, the dark know. saber is it's the first time I've seen it. The yeah. dark saber is an artifact from the Mandalorian history. It was created, if I remember correctly, by the first Mandalorian to join the Jedi Order, and then it's sort of traditionally been the symbol of Mandalorian rule. The person who rules all of Mandalore right their culture which has gone through these ups and downs where they're a warrior culture but then they had periods of peace and then it's like oh we want to bring the old ways back it's a whole sort of thing so whoever holds a dark saber is it's a really big like okay we probably should listen to this person who's like because again warrior culture strength yada 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 so that's why the question becomes like okay why does he want it in the first place um and we're in, in the when we're talking about the Mandalorian history, you know, like they also like, have a thing where they were they, they were, were enemies of the Jedi for multiple confrontations, mm -hmm. wars, all sorts of issues between. And then the, the Empire, there's something called the Purge, where all of a sudden Mandalorians were just beaten and, and the Mandalorians were used by the used Empire, Empire and then thrown away like like so much trash. Probably also, I would think also, I think the Empire was also like. Uh, we're getting rid of the, the, the Jedi. That's their, you know, uh, Sidious in general. Mm -hmm. I could see Sidious going, I got rid of the Jedi. There's this other force out there that was almost equal to the Jedi. Mm -hmm. If I, I can't have them running around either, I got to do something to neutralize them. And the last person to carry, uh, aside from Moff Gideon, to carry the Darksaber is Bo-Katan. She was, she was the last person to have that. When we saw it in... Uh, in Rebels. In Rebels, Rebels. right, yeah. So something happened where Gideon has got, and why we he wants it, who knows? So uh, any anything else? That's about it. Okay, uh, so with that out of the way, um, we're just going to take a short break for some words from friends, and then on the other side of that, I will give uh, my two cents for the last two episodes of The Mandalorian. See you on the flip side. All right, and we're back on the flip side of that. So, my take on the last two episodes, uh, first off, right off the bat, the the Ahsoka Tano, the Jedi episode. I love that they just got right into it. Ed, you and I are very used to things where it's like, here's the special event, and it's teased out to the nth degree, and then it's like, it's the end, it's the end of the first part of unification from next gen, where <laughs> Spock's going to be in this episode. Spock's going to be in this episode. Spock, Spock's going to be in the last two minutes of the episode, okay? Uh, Indiana Jones, the, the young Indiana Jones Chronicle. Harrison Ford's going to be in this episode. Oh, man, Harrison Ford's going to be in this episode. Yeah, Harrison Ford is in the first two minutes, and he's in the last two With minutes, okay? So, like, this being like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Sucatown will be it, but they'll, it, she'll just appear at the end. And it's like, literally... White lightsaber blazing, just Ooh. often fools Bring left and right. She's pulling pure Batman, which I loved. 
where they made it like, oh yeah, a Jedi is this is a, this is why you can drop one on a planet, and they'll they'll solve your problems for you. Um, loved all that. I loved the way you know. Um, I don't know how much of I, I uh, how great of an actor Diana Leonisanto is, but I thought her as the ultimate villain of the piece was very good. Um, I love the way that that episode was this perfect mesh of samurai and western mm -hmm. because they're f not just from the or look the of lady, it. the lady Deathbird, or you know, the, oh lady, uh, lady, uh, lady Snowbird, lady exactly. Snowbird. Um, there's no doubt that that end confrontation is very, very Kill Bill, yeah, uh, as well as Lady Snowbird. Um, Michael Bean. <laughs> Michael Bean, of course, that's great because Michael Bean is the sort of thing where you didn't even recognize him. I was like... I was like, and Michael Bean for the win. And you're like, Michael Bean was in this? I was like, yeah, dude. He was like, and you were like, oh my God. Because at first, I honestly thought it was um, Clark Gregg. We had a whole discussion about, did he, was he sick at one point? <laughs> right. Well, he's gotten older. There's like that. And, but like, again, that's also part and parcel of this series where there are always these great blink and you'll miss it like mm. someone just wants to be part of the star wars universe and we got michael being in the star wars universe and it had that mix of he was the part where it was like this is the gunslinger confrontation yeah mando had his opponent mm. which was michael being as the hired gun and ahsoka as the samurai knight had uh the magistrate as her enemy uh i love that again they 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 meet and we just like they we get right to it we get the you know, we didn't even get to the fact that this episode is the episode that has all the revelations of Grogu's history. That he has a name, that he's not Baby Yoda, he's Grogu. And he's, you know, he was trained by the Jedi, yada, yada, all that stuff. Um, a great episode up and down. It just like, almost every uh, scene was screenshot worthy. You could make so many posters of things like... Ahsoka behind the Mandalorian on the rooftop with the wind blowing her cape and like just so great all around. It was really a fantastic episode. Now, there are some things in it. Um, the biggest thing for me in terms of, you know, I'm going to talk about some speculation here. There's a gigantic part of Grogu's history that screams for we need to know more. And it's like, okay, it's all well and good that Ahsoka said that, okay, um, I knew, I knew one member of the species, Master Yoda, he was trained at the Jedi Temple, Order 66 goes down, and somehow, someway, he got out of there. Someone took him out of there. That begs the question, who, right? And, you know, you can go obvious, you can go strange. Now, I think for myself, the obvious answer to that is Yoda, right? It, the idea would be, Okay, we all talking about attachments and all the rest here, and okay, Yo Yo Master Yoda can BS everybody, and I think this is good for characterization about you must give all. Would Master Yoda, given the themes of this season, think about it? Of we had a whole couple episodes based on Frog Lady trying to per perpetuate the species, right? If Master Yoda is like, "Yo, my people, there aren't a lot of us anyway. I gotta save this kid somehow. If I have a priority, if I'm gonna do something." You know, you know, after after let's say after he defeats Sidious or whatever, he does something. He gets to that kid and spirits him away somehow and says, at least I may not he may not be the the you know because it's gonna take this kid so long to grow up into his power, he's not an option the way Luke is. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait, 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 wait and right, so right, therefore right. 
I've got to, I've got to, I've got to put him away because there's also, I'm thinking about my own race. Option two, which I think would Mace? be amazing. No. <laughs> Option two is at that point, let's remember, at that point, technically speaking, Anakin, Anakin, Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker has ceased to, has ceased to exist. He went on his knees. He took that, he, he, you know, he got consecrated as a Sith. And when he rose up, Palpatine says, you are Darth Vader. Vader goes to the temple. We have the scene everyone makes fun of these years. Master, Master Skywalker. And we know that he kills those kids. I'm not saying necessarily that that means that, you know, what is the whole point of the original trilogy, Ed? And also bringing in Ahsoka Tano as part of this, I think, thematically. What is the whole point at the end of Return of the Jedi? The there was still good in him. So, is it possible that... Uh, just No, just, just hear me out. Anakin Skywalker, this man who is... Like, why is he doing this? I want to... I want to... I want to. I want to feel my children in my arms, right? I want to. I want. And now he's being like he goes there. It doesn't matter that Grogu's at that point in his forties. He's a he's a baby. He looks like a baby. He looks like a child. Maybe Vader just didn't have the stones. He killed those kids who could pick up a lightsaber. Complete cop out for me. Okay, I mean, I get that. I'm not look. I'm not saying that you're you're not wrong. I'm saying that there's, you can't also deny that what I'm saying doesn't have some validity. At the end no. of it all, he's supposed to have some good in him. That would show he still had some good in him. He was like, "I'll kill these kids who could pick up a lightsaber and battle me." I am not going to slay. And again, no, not, not at all. That's very. That's a great. And that's, that's not great. to say that. Right. And that doesn't absolve Vader, Ed, because he was no. still part and parcel of a ton of murder and all the stuff afterwards. I'm saying it just as a possibility and as a good switcheroo and a way to tie things to the original trilogy as well. That's that's why. What your what's your what's your well, counter? I thought that? you had an option three, which is like a lot of fan favorites would be like, oh, Mace Windu. He that he's still swimming out there. We've seen the images already on social media with what he's. Got, I mean, well, well, Ed, you, know, you know what? Let me. I'm not for that, but whatever. let me give the argument. I think that could work for that. All right, Yoda had his own operation apparently, where he was like, "Okay, the Jedi Order's been destroyed. Here's the plan. <laughs> We're gonna grab these two kids. We're gonna take one's gonna go on Tatooine. I'm gonna give one to Bill Organa. All right, I'm gonna be in exile for about twenty. Okay, who is to say that if a Mace Windu, right, who just got his eye arm sliced off, and we know that Darth Maul, more than anything, was able to, by his anger, by his own will, you know, survive getting cut in half. So Mace Windu, he got force lightning, he got his arm shot, chopped off, and he got, you know, chucked out of a skyscraper. I'm not saying I'm for Mace Windu, Ed. I'm just saying if you were going to, here's how I would then, do it. Listen, this is if, all this is Right, all right, all speculation, right, right. right? If we're going to do it, then you just make it. It's like, well, okay... Yoda was the number one guy in the Jedi Order, mm -hmm. and Mace Windu was number two. Why are we... Maybe Grogu was part of Mace Windu's backup plan. Maybe he was able to... After he, you know, he limped over... Like, he gets knocked out after, after the, the Emperor Lightning's matter, that building, whatever. He manages to... He doesn't die. He manages to crawl. Well, he's woken up, and the Jedi Temple's already in flames. Vader is already there, lightsaber and kids left and right. And Windu is like, like, oh my God, he's killing the kids. I got to do something. 
last-ditch effort, and he's like, Grogu, oh my god, Grogu's on, you know, the 40th floor, I'll grab him, and we'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll spirit him away, and we'll do something like that, maybe showing again that him and Yoda worked on similar wavelengths, I don't know, I'm saying, if you were gonna do it, that could be a way to do it. Well, look, you know, um, Grogu has to be some sort of, he's a special child of sorts, right, you know, I mean, he's making billions of dollars for Lucasfilm right, right yeah, now. For, obviously, yes. That said, I'm willing to go, and this is my own fan theory, like, and I, I just came up with this right now, if you're gonna go, go all the way, Qui Gon Jin. You know, and that's just me. the The Force Ghost of Qui Gon Jin is the one who leads. Yeah, him you're, out. you're just, just you're me. just you're now you're you're opening a whole can of stuff because well, now look, it's like you know. I well, mean, if they can just if the Force Ghosts can just do whatever the hell they want. Well, that's now. the whole idea. It's like at this point, it's like we don't know who's who, uh, the, there's a mystery person that that ended up saving uh, a, a young Groku. Right. Out of the temple. Well, why so we've him got, we've and not, got a, not we've got, all the other kids, And not right? the so, other ones, exactly. Yeah, so so the, and, and I think that there are a lot of questions mm -hmm. that um, lead to exciting things. Um, I have, I, and I already, went, uh, as I mentioned to Jeremy, my two left field ones that I think would be the most interesting would be, again, uh, even though I threw out the Vader one, I think that's a long shot. I would love for it to be the Bendu or in a deep cut Joris Saboeth, who is from uh, Timothy Zahn's mm -hmm. uh, Thrawn trilogy, which basically, you know, the, the same trilogy that introduced uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn as this character introduced a, uh, as a fourth side of that story, a cloned, crazed Jedi master named Joris Saboeth. I think it would be amazing <laughs> if you get to a situation where it's like Mando and the kid get saved by this whirling dervish in a in a robe with a lightsaber, and then he says, my name is Jedi Master. I heard the younglings cry. I'm here to train him. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Now Mando has to go up against a crazy Jedi Master uh, who uses dark side and light side powers and stuff. And I think it could be interesting and it would definitely help with the whole idea of you know them canonizing all this other stuff. Um, visually, that episode is great. The Diana Lee and Asandro thing. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest other part uh, takeaway for me from that episode is that introduction of the spear which the second they did it i was like oh the best guy oh that's right pedro pascal late of game of thrones who had his <laughs> big you know moment as martel right. fighting against the mountain with a spear which led us to a whole other thing um that'll lead into the next episode since you know i want to uh, finish up here so i think the spear Introduced before Boba has his big coming out in the next episode. And I said to you, you know what? Oh, it's all great that, you know, Ahsoka hands him the spear, right? Hey, I got a Beskar spear. Why do we assume that Mando knows how to use a spear? Because he's Mando. <laughs> but that's just it. He has, he has been given weapons in the past. And each time he's been given something, there's a question and answer sort of stuff. Have you used, are you trained in whistling birds? Do you know how to use the training for the jetpack? He's been given stuff, and before he's been given, it's like, do you know how to use this? <laughs> okay, which indicates, which is indicative that all Mandalorians have a different setup. They don't necessarily mm -hmm. all come with standard things. We saw he didn't have a jetpack, and then he did. Mm -hmm. Why do we assume that he has the training for a, 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 a spear combat? It's, we know that's a very specific thing. 
You, especially you and I. You know that that. Well, the dark saber is going to fall into his hands. Or not. Point. But see, that's the thing. Maybe it isn't. Maybe My it's money's a, on that. You see, again, maybe the question is he needs the spear to, as we said, to mm. best, to best the dark saber. So that the question then becomes, like I said, does he know how to use it? Isn't it interesting that we end up with Boba Fett showing up? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. thankfully played by Tamara Morrison with his gaffy sticks. His <laughs> Tamara Morrison knows the Maori martial arts systems, and that was apparent in those gaffy stick fights that he had with the stormtroopers. Let's assume that there's a conversation in the next episode. And, you know, I don't know, you know, it comes up. Is Do you know how to use this thing? And Mando's like, in all honesty, not really. <laughs> he may be, it may be like, I've trained in other things, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, maybe Boba's there to be like, okay, well, here's where we're going to go. And then that really places Boba in a very specific role. He's the veteran badass who has to give some guidance to the newer guy. And then it also gives us another part of like, well, is he do, are they doing this so that we really, really trust him? And then they pull a switcheroo. And then it's like, oh God, now Mando has to face off against the guy who taught him how to do, you know, uh, there are things that you could do that are very interesting. I think he's a, he's, he's a bounty hunter just making his way in the galaxy. And, and it, it gives him a, a, a focus and a, an important like hinge point where it could, it, he could go any way. Mm -hmm. He he could be true to his word, or he could be BSing us on some level. Um, the episode that included him, I love how badass he was. As Jeremy mentioned, it's obvious that like, he did more in that less than less than fifteen minutes of action than he ever did. But they sort of uh, they gave us fans of that character what we wanted, um, and. Done in a way that I think could go, as I said, in many, many different directions. I think the whole idea uh, we mentioned with Fennec, um, it was great that that character came back. I will say, I, I, in her, well, no, Ed, listen to me on this. Ugh. When they first introduced her, I got no sense of the sort of like, oh, she's an honorable warrior. She'll fall. I got the sense that she was, a, you know, scum of the earth who, let's she was going to... Even though that that kid who was trying to be a guild member killed her, there was no doubt that she was going to kill him. Yeah. That was the switcheroo thing. Now suddenly she's all like, oh, Boba Fett saved my life. And I, in my sense of her when we first met her mm -hmm. was more like if someone saved her life, she probably would stab them in the back and go for a freedom. Stuff like cyborg parts. Yeah. I <laughs> stuff like cyborg parts and stuff in fiction <laughs> is a great way to keep someone under your thumb. So if Boba Fett's going to be a bad guy character, holding his cards close to his vest, you're going to be like, oh, but he saved her. It's like, yeah, he saved her as a tool, but she's not obeying him. She's not, she's not obeying him out of honor or anything. She's obeying him. like, look, he's got a button that he touches on his armor and I'll die. Or he induces pain. Could be something like that. Um, I mean, the action in the episode was absolutely fantastic. We mentioned Robert Rodriguez um, doing the directing. I... I do have one nitpick for that episode. I thought that the Ahsoka Tano episode, and I remember thinking at the time was, you could see a little bit of the the, the budget being stretched because it looked great. But then there were just some of the digital seams I could see in the Ahsoka Tano episode. In the, 
in the Boba Fett episode, the action was great. I'm not saying it. There's nothing. It's not like this. I'm, my observation ruins the episode. But there also was a bit of a like late 90s syndicated Imperial sci- Cruiser where right before he 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 does his like I'm I'm staring right into the into the into the windshield the explosion, right? and then he just like turns with the cape and I'm like yeah there's something very you know it there again that. it wasn't that it looked bad no but I don't know it there was a, a slight like I said it felt very like next generation in certain aspects of its production values for whatever reason that stuck out to me but other than that I mean there's there's we I, I, there's almost Moth nothing Riker. <laughs> why not hey hey look hey hey look if 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 we're gonna go with where it's gonna go personally I I would love to see you know hey look if we can get Tom Baker back as the Bendu that's great but if we're gonna get like a Jorah Saboeth <laughs> give me Alexander Siddig or 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 Sir Patrick as you know as that kind of part and that you know that brings me again to the end because where we were left off is this was a big sort of departure point episode because now suddenly it's got like okay well it seems that Fennec and Boba are part of the mix now we've lost the Razor Crest which I had, I loved as much as as cool as the Razor Crest was there was something about it where I said you know a big part of this show is that Mando has kind of put everything on the line. Literally. Like, unless he has got an apartment or a hideaway somewhere that we haven't seen yet, his whole life was in that ship. And it was getting to the point where we saw, like, where it was, like, getting trashed and rebuilt and scrapped and then get to... That was going like, ah, Mando, I'm taking on this thing has taken on a quest that's gonna suck a lot of his resources. Like, that's everything he owns is in that ship, again, unless we see something different. And it's like, well, I would, I before that episode, I was thinking, you know, I would love it if he lost the Razor Crest. And they did it because that's what it symbolizes. He's, this is having a big effect on him. He, he can choose at any time to step away. At any point in time, he could just be like, oh, they've got the kid, well... Okay, you know what? I was never that attached to that kid. Anyway, let me walk away. But he is attached. He is committed to this mission. And even unto losing everything that he owns in the world, he's going to complete it. Yeah. And, you know, um, that's, you know, I love that, that about that episode. A great departure point. I hope that it leads to everything that we all talked about. I hope we get a Boba Fett series. I disagree. I want them to, I don't want Moff Gideon to be done by the end of the season. I want him to. I do. I want the next season to be the fight to get. Well, back look. Baby I, I mean, if if the setup is Grand Admiral Thrawn, you know, he's the next heavy in this. No, but see, that, that's just it. Not necessarily, Ed. It can be Grand Admiral. You're Thrawn. right. It's not necessarily. At Grand Admiral Thrawn is being thrown into the mix because of the Ahsoka show, right? So she'll be his, Her story will deal with Thrawn. But already we're opening gateways into right, like, yeah, the yeah, Rebels yeah. people who are going to be coming. Right, in. yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Ezra Bridger is going to be casted. Right, for these and, and again, and again, but I'm saying I think that's more on the Ahsoka side of things. I want him to be. I, I don't want them to get back Baby Yoda at the end of these next two episodes. I want Broku. it. To, I want. I want uh, Moff Gideon because I because I need more. I need to know more about his motivations, yeah, yeah. his plan, his ultimate. They can't just reveal all that in two episodes. It would be chintzy in my opinion. And then basically, Ed, in my conception, you basically have season two, this third season being the first half is 
Mando needs more firepower to go against Gideon. Mm -hmm. And that makes him have to be get involved in the whole questions of Mandalore and who's going to rule it and all that stuff. So that puts him and Boba directly in with Bo-Katan and all the rest of that stuff. And hey, if you're going to go up against an Imperial remnant, a group of Imperials who've got all the resources and stuff, a united Mandalore at at Dardogen's back to do that with a whole with a with a crap ton of Mandalorian warriors at his side, it's not a bad way to do that. Well, like, can you imagine like a like how many moths are there out there? Because it is it is the empire's disjointed. There are moths all over there vying for power. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, but what happens when you when they all come together? You know, and they and they've got they form the first order. They form the first order. But there probably is some jockeying before that. So I, I think that you can do something where you don't necessarily have to directly contradict or anything that is mm -hmm. from the sequels. Mm -hmm. But you can add the texture to what happened, what led up to that. And I, I, maybe that's where they're going to go with that. Um, in any case, I think that, Mand again, Mandalorian, uh, Mandalore and its world, and it's something tells me that that's something that is a key to then doing the next step. It's like... We unite Mandalore, and we have a united Mandalorian army, and now we can fight whatever Moff Gideon is is doing. That would be again my my speculation. Um, I think that is it. Uh, I mean, this is a show that I'm enjoying immensely, even when I have my criticisms up, and I have I have nitpicks. I still think the whole I don't know who the Jedi are. Uh, I thought, quite frankly, Ed, quite frankly, the fact that he didn't know who Boba Fett was a little hard to swallow. <laughs> uh, Ed, seriously, Ed, I, you can anyone can say, oh, he, you know, not everyone knows everyone. It's like he was Boba Fett. He was literally the guy that Darth Vader, the number two guy in the Empire, had on speed dial. When when Darth Vader needed to find someone, he was like, "Yo, you doing anything this weekend? No? Yeah, listen, come by the executioner. I got a I got a little something for you. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, gonna be the cool. outer rim. You know, call call Bosk. <laughs> call Bosk. Call IG eighty eight. Get get all the boys. Yeah, and don't stuff, worry. Stuff doesn't really come out of the outer rim. It's like you know, it's like see Australia. There, no, but know. see, that's just it, Ed. Darjan is a guy working in the outer rim in the exact same business as Boba Fett. And <sighs> and one last thing that's very important. This is not a. This is something that happened. 30, 40 years ago. Boba Fett was an active bounty hunter only five years prior, remember. To us, it's this long period of time. In sh in the show, literally, uh, it was only a few years ago, Boba Fett was called the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. So the so idea Carl that... Weathers would have been like, uh, what do you mean, you've never heard of Boba Fett? <laughs> uh, that, exactly. It doesn't... It That doesn't track. You're going to do me a favor after this is done. I'm just saying is that it doesn't... It doesn't track that Boba Fett introduced himself and Mando was like, okay, whatever. It honestly should have been... Like, yeah, yeah. It should have been Something. your Boba Fett. Mm. He's the... At, at least... If they had at least to give me one, well, that's a good story, but Boba Fett's dead. And then we can... But regardless... Um, this is the show that's keeping America sane, the world sane, uh, and, and making everyone enjoy it. Uh, so we will definitely be speaking, uh, more on it, uh, because we have two more episodes left and we're all on pins and needles. Now we have some upcoming material, uh, that is in the works. Uh, Ed, Ed has been doing a, Ed has been doing a deep dive into, uh, James Bond and we'll be going to be doing a, a two part James Bond oh, yes. retrospective. 
uh, that will be dropping in the very, very near future. The only way I'll do this, uh, I'll do this movie. If he loves gold. <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, he has to love gold. You have to understand. <laughs> the, the thing that people must take away from this film is he loves gold. He loves gold. <laughs> um, and after our James Bond two-parter retrospective, we were probably, the after that, will be Wonder Woman Wonder because Wonder that is coming down the pike. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have our review. Ed wants to have a viewing party for that. I keep telling him that we'll have to all sign liability waivers, but okay, we'll see how that works. Um, so that's coming down the pike in the near future. Thank you all for your li for uh, your giving us your ears. Uh, as always, we are coming out of the beautiful and always utilitarian Pancake Studios. Without Pancakes, this uh, podcast does not uh, continue on. So as always, thank uh, to Jonathan. And uh, as always, thank uh, my, my co-pilot here, uh, Edward Ng. Uh, Edward, our mascot, has some words he wants to say before we end this. Do be continue. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's Mando and Child. Yes. It's Mando and Child. And until next time. It's Mando and Child. To be continued. Mando and Child. It's Mando and Child. Mando and Child. Razor crest soaring through the skies. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to To Be Continued. The Fanboy Podcast. Please check us out at www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast.com. You can also be found on Twitter, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn.